the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. My sort of, I guess, would it be bi-monthly? Every other month. Is that bi-monthly or is bi-monthly twice a month? I think it's twice a month. My every other month salute to Hans Zimmer for the use of his theme from the movie Gladiator as the theme of the show. It was developed, was incorporated in 2001 after 9-11. country was, as it were, battling. Battles today are much greater than then. It is always easier to battle an external foe than an internal foe. It's not easy, but it's easier when the, the people have a generally united vision of their values and they are fighting those who wish to extinguish those values from outside. Uh, your country is, while suffering, in good shape. Half of this country craps on the values of this country and of the West. Actually, not half. Half vote for those who do. The The great tragedy, as I so often tell you, is not the left's destruction of everything that is good. It is the liberals voting for the left's destruction. Brett Stephens in the New York Times is a liberal, or if you will, a conservative, or a conservative never-Trumper. I have no problem with any of those descriptions. I know him somewhat well. We've appeared on stage together. We have debated at the New York Times. He devoted an article to me. I devoted an article to him. He's done PragerU videos. Race and the coming liberal crack-up. I'd like to offer you an interesting little anecdote about Brett Stevens, who's a New York Times columnist, the only one who dissents, um, theoretically, David Brooks and Ross Douthat would play that role, but they but they tend not to. Not a personal attack on them, just a description. Uh, but Brett Stephens uh, is a fighter. So somebody, I wish somebody would explain this to me. When I looked last night, it was published yesterday online, right? What is today's date? So, yes, it was published is either published yesterday or the day before yesterday. It's hard to know because the, the publication date in print is, is the day after the publication date on the Internet. And I looked to see, I was so curious because, as you know, I read comments. How would New York Times readers respond to Brett Stephens' attack on the woke left in the New York Times, the mother of wokeness and lying and deception 
and and hate uh, hatred of American values. How would the New York Times readers respond? They love their Times, and he basically shredded everything the New York Times stands for without once mentioning the New York Times. So I see, I go to click on comments, and I see something like 2,156 comments. And then I see comments section is closed. Can you explain that? The comment section, I've never seen the comment section closed on a, on an article in the New York Times. If they had a comment section, not every article does, but if they had one, they don't close it. I mean, you could close it to further comments, but it's invisible. Get it? You can't see. I'm going to uh, look now. Maybe it's been restored. It's called Race and the Coming Liberal Crack-Up, dated April 26th. Brett Stephens, New York Times. And I'm scrolling down. Two thousand. Read 2,393 comments. Ah, they're back up. Well, too bad they weren't up last night. Maybe, maybe he protested. Maybe it was a glitch. Who knows? This is very interesting. So here's the first comment. I've never voted Republican from John in Virginia. I have never voted Republican since the first election in which I was legally allowed to vote. It wasn't even a close call, but this exact issue, as Stevens frames it, is where I strongly part ways with the Democratic Party of today. Anti-racism is by definition racist. It makes broad assumptions about white people. Well, my God, white is now capitalized. Just for the record, not being a sheep, I do not capitalize black, and I do not capitalize white. All they are are colors. That's all they are. They're not an ethnicity. They're not a culture. What does it mean? Is there black culture? Is there white culture? You know, I, I mentioned in, in my recent piece that this whole notion uh, two weeks ago, I mentioned this whole notion is somewhat absurd. What does white culture mean? Hitler was white. Stalin was white. So we have the, the, the Nazi and the communist. They're both white. In fact, Stalin is so white, he's from the Caucasus where you get the name Caucasian. He's from Georgia. Not Georgia as in Atlanta, Georgia as in Gruzia. In the Caucasus, in the Caucasian mountains. He's the quintessent Caucasian. Is that a white value? I don't understand. Is Candace Owens, does she have black values? Does does Jesse Jackson have black values? Black culture? What, what, What are we talking about? Why are they capitalized? Anyway, I want I want you to hear this comment, which I'm reading spontaneously. Anti-racism, this is a commenter who has never voted Republican in his life in the New York Times. The, the, the first commenter. 
the first listed. Anti-racism is by definition racist. It makes broad assumptions about white people and people of color. It's frankly offensive, and it's frighteningly driving a lot of progressive ideas from zoning laws to government aid to freedom of speech itself. On that last point, it's clear many are afraid to speak truth out of fear of being called a racist. It's become a powerful tool of the woke to silence their critics. Don't agree with our ideology, our ideology, you're a racist. Well, fear of the woke mob. Now, here's the interesting thing. 1,120 people recommend this. Now, I want to see what the reader picks is. That was the Times picks. The big, the big one yeah, is 1,633 picks. It's against the New York Times. Huh. Well, very interesting. So here, here's my theory, right, as of this moment in American life. Some liberals, more today than uh, a year ago or six months ago, are beginning to understand that the left is destroying everything good about America. However, unlike Brett Stephens, I think the vast majority of liberals will continue to vote Democrat. The the sheep-like behavior of the liberal can never be overstated. It is not possible to. Most people of any political persuasion don't have courage. That's the the rarest of the human traits. But I'm not even talking courage. How how you vote uh, is secret. You don't have to tell anybody. You can lie to your friends and your wife. But they still won't do it because a lifetime of indoctrination has convinced them that the right is where the danger lies. And that's all you read in the New York Times. And these are all New York Times readers. They still believe that. And then one day you awaken, like Dave Rubin, quite left, gay left. And he realizes, whoa, conservatives have good ideas and are good people. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800 583 800 500 
Brett Stephens, who's an anomaly at the New York Times, wrote a piece, Race and the Coming Liberal Crack-Up, and it's an attack on the anti-racism cult of the left in whose name every good value is being destroyed in this country. And he even, uh, you know, he mentions, for example, this, I, I was not aware of these tweets You know the case of Makia Bryant, the white police officer in Columbus who may have well saved the life of a black girl who was being attacked by this white girl, uh, excuse me, this other black girl, Makia Bryant. Ben Crump, the Floyd family's lawyer, accused the Columbus police in a tweet of killing, quote, an unarmed 15-year-old black girl. Did you know that, folks? I did not know that. He was the George Floyd family lawyer. He's the lawyer Al Sharpton, if you will. Always shows up. He's a, he's a civil rights ambulance chaser. I, uh, I'm actually I'm at a loss for words that he could have said. Uh, if it weren't Brett Stephens in the New York Times, I would I, I would find it hard to believe. Not that the New York Times is is easy to believe, but it was the, it's that it's in the New York Times, which uh, doesn't lie in this direction, but lies in the other direction. Anyway, imagine that. An unarmed 15-year-old black girl? It's about, is it unarmed now for a black with a knife? Is that now unarmed? Why not, by the way? Why not? We've changed all other words. Why, why not that? Why does unarmed mean unarmed? Why does illegal immigrant mean illegal immigrant? Why does, why does global warming not also mean uh, very cold weather? Why don't why don't men menstruate? So why not have an armed black as an unarmed black? That's he also cites Valerie Jarrett, the former Obama advisor, tweeted that Bryant was killed, quote, was killed because a police officer immediately decided to shoot her multiple times in order to break up a knife fight. She wants to, quote, demand accountability and, quote, fight for justice. This is the the hate-filled individual who was the brain trust of the Obama administration. Yeah, why would you want to break up a, a, a knife fight? I think global warming, it probably means extreme weather of all kinds. Right. An alternative view, this is Brett Stephens writing, maybe there wasn't a time for Officer Reardon in an 11-second interaction to, quote, de-escalate, unquote, the situation, as he is now being faulted for failing to do. And maybe the balance of our sympathies should lie not with the would-be perpetrator of a violent assault, but with the cop who saved, he puts that in italics, a black life namely that of Tiana Bonner, who nearly had Bryant's knife thrust into her. 
That's a thought that many, perhaps most Americans, share, even if they are increasingly reluctant to say it out loud. Why reluctant? Because in this era of with-us-or-against-us politics, to have misgivings about the left's new anti-racist narrative is to run the risk of being denounced as a racist. Well, you see, that's courage. Brett Stevens has courage. To write this in the New York Times is an act of courage. I want to, I want to repeat that. To have misgivings about the left's I mean, just to even cite the left as the despicable force it is, is unique to the New York Times panoply of about 50 columnists. The left's new anti-racist narrative is to run the risk of being denounced as a racist. Much better to nod along at your your office's diversity, equity, and inclusion sessions than suggest that enforced political indoctrination should not become a staple of American workplace culture. Do you want to cheer or do you want to cheer? Yeah, much better to nod along, right? Oh, we got a diversity and equity inclusion session. I'm not going to speak up at this person who would have fit in perfectly with Mao's cultural revolution. And yet those doubts and misgivings go to the heart of what used to be thought of as liberalism. This is basically exactly what I have been saying. Liberalism is hated by the left, and most liberals are either too naive or too cowardly to note it. As a, here, here, here's an example. Let me, go, let me go back and forth between comments. So here's one of the most popular comments of the uh, of the comments on his article. Mr. Stephens, white America has enjoyed affirmative action since the Mayflower. Your, quote, millions of working class whites who have endured generations of poverty, unquote, have, like wrote, returned Republicans to the state legislatures and Capitol Hill who have done nothing but exploit their racial animus. See? That's what this this uh, writer, and, and it's the second most popular recommended comment on the Brett Stevens article. This is their vision of the Republicans. They have done nothing but exploit their racial animus. Give me an example. Call me if you have an example. Republicans have done nothing but exploit their racial animus. There you go. So... That's how people continue to vote Democrat as they watch the Democrats destroy the country. Right. Oh... And his great last line, this writer here, the writer's New York Times name is Red Sox 04071318. He lives in the dumbest state of the country, Massachusetts. They never vote their pocketbooks, they vote their hate. That's what poor whites do. They get it? Or even non-rich whites. 
They don't vote their pocketbook. So voting Democrat is good for their pocketbook. Don't you get tired of commercials screaming at you to buy gold now with inflated promises on future values? In an unregulated industry, you need honest, real experts to give you solid advice to protect your wealth and top picks on the best coins and bullion. As environmental policy becomes a hot topic, one precious metal that's been significantly undervalued for years is potentially set to surge. Nick Grovich, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has long recommended this precious metal. Up to 600,000 ounces of this rare metal will be needed by 2030 to produce green hydrogen. Nick is doubling down on this pick, and you should too. Call Nick at AmFed Coin and Bullion to find out more. I've been friends with Nick for years, and he's my go-to guy when it comes to coins and bullion. I trust him. That's a very big statement, by the way. Call Nick at 800-221-7694-800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Hi, everybody. Reading to you, Brett Stevens, the only voice that dissents from the New York Times at the New York Times. And I think they hired him. He was a... a, Great columnist at the Wall Wall Street Journal, where he won a Pulitzer Prize. And I think the Times wanted a prominent never-Trumper. The problem is, Trump isn't eternal. And so, Stephens returns to his anti-left roots. And I'm sure that there are a lot of unhappy people at the New York Times. So, I said to you, reading the, the comments is so profoundly instructive. How do New York Times readers react to this column? A lot actually agree that the liberals, it's called the liberal crack-up, that the left is pushing liberals away. Uh, I am less sanguine, fancy word for optimistic, that liberals will vote Republican. They have been truly brainwashed to believe that there is no amount of America crushing that can happen on the left that would enable them to vote Republican. Here's an example uh, of that. LT in Chicago. The result will be a liberal crack-up, quote-unquote. Perhaps, but speaking as someone likely in that left-of-center group that you feel is on the verge of abandoning liberalism... Don't underestimate the repellent power of the Republican Party. Hmm. So he writes, pushed to where? The Republican Party? Now listen to how he describes, or she describes the Republican Party. The party of proudly racist Trump? Really? Donald Trump was proudly racist? What is the person referring to? Really, what is, I assume they're referring to his description of many illegals coming over the border and Charlottesville. So two two comments. Charlottesville has no basis. Uh, the, the description in his early campaign uh, about 
illegal immigrants was, was too broad a brush. I agree. I'm completely oppo- I'm completely supportive of building the wall, but I have said all of my broadcast life, a lot of these people are decent people. Doesn't mean that they should therefore be allowed to come in in the millions. That's a separate issue. But a lot of them are decent, really decent. And I would do, I always say, what they did. Anyway, he made an intemperate comment, in my opinion. This isn't brand new, a racist. It's, an, it's, a, it's a gigantic lie. I think Donald Trump cares about race as much as he cares about medieval Hungarian poetry. So, again, push to what? The Republican Party? The party of proudly racist Trump? The party of elected seditionists like Hawley and Cruz? They're seditionists? Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz are seditionists? And the majority of Republican House members? The one with a growing QAnon presence in the House? QAnon presence in the House. This guy's really a CNN watcher and New York Times reader. So you see, that's what I mean. Oh, excuse me. And finally, the one with a growing QAnon presence in the House, state representatives in over 40 states who are all in on voter suppression. Voter suppression. See? It works. The lies about the right work on vast numbers of liberals slash leftists. However, I am happy to say that more than a few liberals are slightly offended by the lies that drown the country in the anti-racism rhetoric of the left. There is hope, and you know I do not patronize you with false hope, but there is hope. However, the, the battle is with, ironically, the, uh, the tech companies and the suppression of free speech. Larry in Orange County, California. Hello. Hi, Dennis. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I, I'm almost tempted to lay that cop shooting death in Ohio at Valerie Jarrett and the lawyer's feet. Here's my rationale. Maybe the screwed up thinking that they're putting in this little girl's mind is having her think that a cop won't react what she's going to do. If she had the proper fear and respect for police officers, when he arrived on scene, the mere fact of him being there would have de-escalated the situation. I happen to agree with you fully. I believe that a lot of non-white people involved in violence can be attributed today to a belief that the police won't do a damn thing because they're too afraid to, and uh, and they're not scared of police. And I agree. 
crime rates, the murder rates, the rape rates, the theft rates are up astronomically in big cities. New York City just passed a law, I read it to you the other day, that you can sue police officers much more easily. You're a police officer, you could be personally sued. You think you are going to be uh, proactive in your combating criminals or would-be criminals? I don't think so. The results of left-wing policies never hurt the rich. They always hurt the poor. They hurt the people in whose name they speak. Kids have been ruined this past year and a half and for longer than that by teachers' unions. That's how it works. Every group is used by the left for power. Blacks are used by the Democrats. Women are used by feminists. Blacks are used by the Democratic Party. It's so transparently obvious, it is, it is a wonder that, uh, that it is not uh, more widely understood. Liberalism believes that truth tends to be many shaded and complex. Anti-racism is a great simplifier, good and evil, black and white. This is where uh, Brett Stevens' piece is. I'm quoting from that piece. Morally and philosophically, liberalism believes in individual autonomy, which entails a concept of personal responsibility. The current model of anti-racism scoffs at this. That divides the world into racial identities, which in turn are governed by systems of privilege and powerlessness. Liberalism believes in process, a trial or contest is fair if standards are consistent and rules are equitable irrespective of outcome. Anti-racism is determined to make a process achieve a desired outcome. Liberalism finds appeals to racial favoritism inherently suspect, even offensive. Anti-racism welcomes such favoritism, provided it's in the name of righting past wrongs. This is where the anti-racism narrative will profoundly alienate liberal-minded America, even as it entrenches itself in schools, universities, corporations, and other institutions of American life. Well, that's the big question. Will, in fact, liberalism be alienated, profoundly alienated by the left? I don't think enough liberals have the courage to face reality. I hope he's right. It's possible to look at Floyd's murder as the epitome of evil and not see a racist motive in every bad encounter and not see a racist motive in every bad encounter between a white cop and a minority suspect, including the recent shootings of Adam Toledo in Chicago and Dante Wright in Minnesota. It's possible to think that the police make too many assumptions about young black men, sometimes with tragic consequences, and still recognize that young black men commit violent crimes 
at a terribly disproportionate rate. Is there one other person in the New York Times that has said in the last 10 years, 10 years, one writer in the New York Times, guest writer, as they now call them, or paid columnist, who has said that young black men commit violent crimes at a terribly disproportionate rate. They all lie by co by omission just as much as by commission. It's possible to believe that effective policing requires that cops gain the trust of the communities they serve while recognizing that those communities are ill-served when cops are afraid to do their jobs. That's right. That's why there are 2,000-something hundred comments on the piece. He concludes his article, Brett Stephens in the New York Times. Ibram X. Kendi argues that the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination, unquote. Some liberals will go along with this. Many others will find themselves drifting rightward, much as a past generation of disaffected liberals did. From his mouth to God's ears, my suspicion is most liberals have been so profoundly indoctrinated with hatred of the Republican Party that it will be irrelevant. I pray I'm wrong. Piatone, Illinois, and John. Hello, John. Hi. You know, uh, a former police officer, Kurt Military, and uh, I worked with Bank in Gary, Indiana, last year. And uh, he's... These children are just not raised right. And I understand they're from broken homes. I, I get that part. Uh, I was working the food bank. My, my partner and I were, I will say accosted, whatever you want to say, call it, by two females, young females, and gave us a hard time about wanting to break into a, a better part of the line. And then when older gentlemen, older black gentlemen, wanted to break in and try to correct the situation for respect, they also disrespected them. You know, I will never work that again if that's what I got to put up with. I did that as a police officer, and I shouldn't have to do that now. But a lot of this comes from how these kids are raised. That, my friend, is an understatement. That is correct. It's also raised not only in their homes but by the society. Remember, this is a very, very important rule about the left. The left has never hated evil. The left hates those who fight evil. The only evil that they they hated was Nazism. But other than that, communism they didn't hate, but they hated anti-communists. They don't hate criminals, violent criminals. They hate the police. It's a sick world out of the left. Vito in Chicago wants to know I don't why don't call them why do I call them the left instead of Marxist communist? Because more people will hear what I have to say if I say the left than if I say Marxist and communist. They are indistinguishable from Marxist and communists, and I note that often. 
but that is the effective title, much more effective than a, than a name that they don't use, and that's the reason. All right, y'all, guess what? Male-female hour coming up on The Dennis Prager Show. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. 